You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mela Borowski and you're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. Thanks for being here. Our guest today is Sky Marinda. Sky is a tarot coach in Washington, D.C. This year, she's had the honor of giving over 300 tarot readings and leading spiritual workshops to over 90 people from all over the world. Combining spiritual and practical insights, Sky believes tarot has the power to deepen your perspective so that you can take the next steps towards the future you want. Mary Meet Sky, thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. How did your journey using tarot begin? Yeah, so my friend at the time that I started getting into like witchy stuff was like, oh, I've been doing this for 16 years. Here's a tarot deck. And he just kind of got me started. He was like, don't look at a book. Just tell me what it says. (laughs) And he gave me like a little boot camp. Okay. I was going to ask you about the witchy thing because I was looking on your website and I saw one of your subjects was witchcraft. Are you a witch? Yeah, I know. I kind of fluctuate. I like a lot of labels. I like Mm. witch. I like just kind of spiritual, esoteric seeker. I'm pretty Mm. open. Okay. So that very first tarot deck, what deck was that? Was it just your traditional Rider Waite or was it something really cooler than that, I guess you can say. <laughs> it was a writer weight. I think they're a classic for a reason. So Yeah. I think that if anybody's starting out, that's the best one to start out with because it just like you said, it's a classic and it's something that you can learn a lot and then go into the ones that you may not be able to recognize a lot of the things on it. But if you start with the Rider Waite, then I think that gives you a good foundation. Yeah, for sure. And when you're looking up like what other people have to say about tarot, they're normally going to be referencing the Rider Waite Smith. So it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, true. So a lot of tarot readers are termed, and whether it's a term that they use themselves or other people put on them, they're termed fortune tellers. And people come expecting to be told exactly what the future holds for them. Is this a concept that resonates with you with your tarot practice? Yeah, that comes up a lot. And I don't use tarot to predict the future like at all really Mm -hmm. i know some people do for their personal readings for themselves and i think that's totally fine but i think when you're going to a reader just predictions isn't even the most helpful things you can get from a reading Mm -hmm. what's the difference between tarot coaching and just your normal everyday let's walk into this reader's house and get a tarot reading yeah with tarot coaching I just have a background in coaching people through community projects and things like that. So I bring that experience into my tarot reading and it's really coaching you through, okay, so in the reading we saw that this, this, and this is really important to you. So how can we make that happen? I really like the idea of tarot coaching and when I do readings and I don't use tarot all that often I throw bones and I use oracle cards mostly but even in those kind of divination practices it is more of a coaching 
practice for me because I'm trying to help people determine what it is that they really want and what goals they want to reach. And so, you know, the whole, whole holding space kind of aspect of coaching and letting them actually talk and be part of it and help determine what's being said really resonates with me as far as how I do it. So it was really cool to see that you call it tarot coaching and I've never really seen it called that, but that really is what it is. Yeah, I think I always say to people, if you know what the future is going to be, like, does that really help you? Because all you can really do is wait for it to happen or brace for it or be worried about it. But if you're more getting guidance on how you can get to the future that you want or start to implement things that will help you get there, that's just going to be a lot more helpful. And see, I believe that any decision that you make going forward could change the future anyway. Like they say, even the fluttering of a butterfly's wing can change the course of time. So even if you went to a reader who said, okay, this is what is in your future. If you go out and you turn a different way in your car or you get another job or meet a person because you decided to stop at this grocery store, you've changed the entire course of history anyway. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a lot more flexible and it's exciting that way. If it yeah. was just fixed, it would be kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what does Doctor Who say? It's timey-wimey. <laughs> <laughs> How do you use tarot in your own personal spiritual practice? Yeah, I think I'm like most people where I do reach for it when I do have a problem or I'm feeling down, don't know what to do. I do use it a lot for reassurance, you know, if I'm doubting mm -hmm. myself and this is a reading that I had recently, like I was doubting, am I a good tarot reader? Like that still comes up for me sometimes and, you know, I'll just pull the high priestess and I'm like, oh, sweet, thank you. <laughs> like that makes <laughs> me feel a lot better. <laughs> mm, yeah. Is there a way that you recommend people to connect emotionally or spiritually with their tarot decks? That's a good question. I think the way to connect spiritually and emotionally with your tarot deck is to really spend time with each card. Like learning the meanings and checking the guidebooks is definitely helpful, but I think just having a practice where you stare at your card for a while and see what comes to you mm -hmm. that's really going to be the most insightful so you get a new deck and what's the first thing that you would do with a new deck yeah i definitely look at each one especially i got one recently that was based off the podcast uh, Welcome to Night Vale and so I was mm. so excited for the art. I buy decks really based on the art because I have a background in art. I went to art school so I tend to buy ones that are very illustrative so I like look through all the cards first and then I'll just kind of shuffle them. Maybe say a little affirmation um, to myself like I always recommend one like I trust myself I am a great reader I know what mm. I'm doing just to kind of get yourself in the headspace that you're, you don't have to question if you like bought the right deck if you pulled the right cards or if your interpretations are correct just kind of getting into that mindset of trusting yourself mm, I like that a lot of people I know, and they may even be listening right now, <laughs> have tarot decks that they call the bitchy decks or, <laughs> you know, they call them, well, this one's more compassionate. Does our language really matter when we're discussing our decks? 
I think it does, and I know most people say that you know as a joke, and I'm not trying to say like we can never <laughs> joke about tarot. Like right. it has, it's not like some sacred thing that we must be so serious about. <laughs> but I think we should just be a little mindful of、uh, when we think of tarot as like judging us or calling us out or being mean. It just can kind of like I've never taken advice from someone who I thought was talking down to me or being mean to me. Mm. So I think it just helps to view tarot as being on our side, being there to help us always. So, if someone wanted to get started with a more compassionate tarot practice, what are some practical steps they can take to do this? I think at the beginning, definitely. It, I know it can be really overwhelming. People are like, "Where do I learn? There's seventy-eight cards. How do I? <laughs> that's so many. How do I? Right? <laughs> how do I memorize seventy-eight? Definitions and yeah, it can be really overwhelming. So I think like a daily pull—it's a classic too of like just pulling one card a day.、Mm-hmm. And I think just journaling about it, seeing what comes up for you when you see that card. But yeah, it can really help with three questions of what do I want to create for myself today?、Mm. Do I want to have a really abundant day? Do I really want a Prosperous day, and you can look to the deck to see like what do I need to know to have that happen.、Mm. Yeah, that sounds really good. You're really using it as a tool to help you set intentions for the day. Yeah, when I finish my readings for myself and for other people, I always give them an intention to keep working with, to keep writing down,、um, because it's easy to have a tarot reading for yourself, even, and then just kind of like forget it, like come、mm-hmm. <laughs> be like, okay, <laughs> let me move on with my day, and so it's hard to keep that energy going to stay present to it. So I think. Creating an intention out of what you got from a tarot reading is a really helpful way to keep the ideas present, to be creating that energy for yourself, for the universe, however you want to think of it. So let's discuss intuition and how that plays into reading tarot. So when you give a reading, how much of it is about the traditional meanings? That of course, there's all sorts of books and things we can study, and how much is it your own intuition? I think it's a combination.、Mm. For some people, it might be skewed more one way or the other,、um, and you can kind of find that balance for yourself of. You know, looking over the traditional meanings, being like, "Does this really vibe with me?" Or looking at it yourself, getting your own intuitive information, and being like, "Oh yeah, this feels really right." And they can fluctuate. You know, you can always go back to the traditional meanings. You can always change your interpretations and the things you got from your intuition.、Mm. I think I use.、Oh, it's hard to say it. It might be fifty-fifty. It might、mm. be fifty-fifty traditional and my own, but you know sometimes it might skew more seventy-five percent intuition. Okay. Do you have a tarot deck nearby? Yes, I do. Okay. So I think it would be fun if, and you can say no if you don't want to, but I think it would be fun if you drew a card and gave us an example. Just you could even read it for me if you want of what it would be like getting a card. At the beginning of the day, and just kind of taking it to help us set our intention of the day, or what we need to know for the day. Yeah, totally. I'm using the Modern Witch Tarot. If you're curious, I love this deck. So I don't have that one. That sounds cool, though. 
Yeah, it, it looks very similar to the Smith Rider weight, but they've just kind of like updated it. Mm. The colors are really bright, so I really love it for that. Okay, so we've got the Eight of Cups, which is a really interesting card to get kind of thinking about, okay, what's today going to be like and what intentions can we set for ourselves? You know, I do see the cups still as being water, being about emotions and intuition, vulnerability and connection. And with the Eight of Cups specifically, it's really about going on an emotional journey. Mm -hmm. I think this card comes up a lot when we kind of need that reassurance like, yes, this is an emotional journey you're going through. <laughs> this is going to be new new emotions potentially new feelings are going to come up it's not going to be like a day to day like you can kind of predict how things are going to go mm. emotions are probably going to be running high and that's okay intention wise and when and when things are new and emotions are high a lot of times that happens because things are confronting you're like pushing yourself in new ways potentially or circumstances around you are changing and you don't really have control of that and that's bringing up stuff for you so i would say part of the intention with this card would be about being present mm -hmm. versus worrying about the future maybe judging how you're currently feeling and how you're currently reacting and since it is cups I would also add in connection and this can be about connection to yourself even like staying present staying connected to how you're feeling processing all your emotions and connected with other people because a lot of times like in emotionally hard situations I don't know at least for me I like totally go inward <laughs> like <Yeah>. cut people <laughs> off I'm just like no, I do not want to be vulnerable. I don't want to like talk. I'm just going to like go inward and like kind of be sad. Mm -hmm. And so it can be helpful like in these times to be connected. It's kind of counterintuitive, right? Sometimes when things are really hard, we want to go inward. But what actually could be helpful is being connected with people. Hmm. Yeah, so I would have an intention like today I'm creating presence and connection in my life. I like it. And that really fits for me today too, because my emotions have really got the better of me today and yesterday because I've been working on this new project that I have mm -hmm. with my business. And it's one of those things that's time sensitive. And suddenly I got a wild hair to start this thing. And now I have two weeks to get it done because people are going to be involved in it. Oh, <laughs> so wow, I've been yeah. pulling my hair out trying to get this thing taken care of. And in fact, probably about an hour before our interview today, I said, okay, I just got to put this away. I just got to go, you know, sit with my kids a little bit, walk outside with my dog. And for me, connection is also about nature. So going and walking barefoot and, and earthing and letting all that stress go away. So that would that would really be a great intention for me today. Connection is one of my themes of like a life purpose theme. I'm, I'm about connection. Even though I'm an introvert, even though I'm an empath, I do like a certain bit of connection with certain people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not with everybody all the time. <laughs> oh, no, I still relate to that too. I, I was also like, oh yeah, this card's for me. Like I was meeting with someone today about a new project and it was so like, 
confronting for me. I got a headache. I was like oh. so scared to do this new project because I like don't know how to do it. Are you an empath? I don't know. I don't know if I. Yeah, I'm not sure what makes an empath. I like know a little bit about it, but I'm kind of like I don't know. Maybe I am. <laughs> I kind of feel empath energy from you. An empath is just someone that you pick up other people's emotions. So it's、mm. all about the emotions, and you can you know you walk into a room, and if everyone's super joyful, you feel super joyful. But on the other end, if there's anger, you're gonna feel angry, and you're not even sure where the anger comes from or sadness. You just feel your psychic power is feeling emotions.、Mm. Yeah, I had a reading once, and someone was like, "Yeah, you're a bit sensitive, so like, I would <laughs> recommend these techniques to kind of like shield your energy and like kind of keep it around you."、Mm. And I do do it. Yeah, has it helped? Yeah, it's it's really helped. It's kind of like visualizing a bubble. They recommended it's like an、yeah. energetic bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good visualization. Is powerful. That's a good one to do. Our aura is just so big; it's bigger than what people think. It goes out up to five or six feet all around us, and so if you're not protected, if you're just wide open, twelve feet wide open, you're bumping into all the emotional and energetic debris in the world. And so you have to just visualize pulling it in, putting a bubble around you or a shield or something like that. Yeah, I like black crystals as well. Black crystals absorb a lot of energy, so I'll I'll tuck jet in my bra or some other black tourmaline or something like that. That's helpful for me too. Ooh, I love that. I have earrings that are tourmaline and things like that, but it's super easy just to tuck it in the bra, and you can change <laughs> it out to, you know, if you're going somewhere you know is going to be a little more emotionally upheaving, <laughs> you can put a couple of them in <laughs> if you have room. <laughs> Because you're, yeah, you're backup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Have you ever had any reading, either for yourself or for other people, that just were crazy in some way, or something you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this happened. I can't believe I I saw this, or I the. Client says, "Oh, that's incredible." Yeah, yeah. I it was one of my first times reading for other people, and the thing that really gave me the confidence to pursue it more.、Um, I was reading in a bar just for like a fundraiser for like a local organization,、hmm. and I was reading someone's cards, and I was like, "Okay, you're like stuck between a decision, but you're kind of like not." Going one way or the other, but the ground is kind of crumbling beneath you. Either way, you kind of need to like make your choice.、Mm. And they messaged me later, and they were like, "Oh my god, like this is like that's exactly what I was going through. I like can't <laughs> believe it. You know, I decided to end my current relationship, which like you know is a big deal because we've been together for so long. But it really gave me the validation to like go pursue something new."、Mm. Yeah, it's always amazing when you get validation like that. Yeah, it can be scary to make those big hard choices that will upend your life potentially, and so I think a lot of people do use tarot for that. It's just like, okay, I was already feeling this, but now I kind of feel like I can let myself do what I actually want. Yeah, it's like when you're feeling a certain way, and somebody says, "Yeah, I felt that way too when I saw that or read that," and it's almost like that in itself validates the feelings you already had. Yeah. Do you use your tarot for yes or no questions? I don't normally. I'm thinking if I have yes or no questions come up in life, I feel like I just kind of do things. <laughs> maybe I'm not like maybe I don't think things through enough. I'm just like yes, no. <laughs> I like using 
my pendulum for yes or no. And most of the time it's so weird because maybe, maybe I'm kind of like you. It doesn't matter to me, yes or no. I don't really ask about myself, but I will have clients and people ask me all the time, I need you to use your pendulum, yes or no. And then they get frustrated because I also have a maybe and a I don't know. <laughs> and some of them is just like, I don't know. And I tell them, I don't know. Well, ask your pendulum. No, that's what my pendulum said. <laughs> I, I think that it, there's more value to come from talking about the situation rather than go into it just for a yes or no. Yeah, I definitely had someone frustrated once because they wanted me just to tell them whether or not their ex is coming back. Mm. And I don't really make predictions like that because to me it just kind of falls into the realm of guessing. Yeah. Especially when I'm doing tarot, I'm not like doing pendulum. I know other people would use it for that. But yeah, but it's also just like... Yeah, when you're in heartbreak, you do just want answers. So I kind of yeah. understood where they were coming from. They're just like, I just want to know, you know. Right, right. Yeah. It's hard. I get clients like that as well who just want me to tell them, what do I do next? Even if it's not yes or no, they still want a firm thing. Okay, what is my next step? What should I do? That's not my job, really. I, I'm not giving you this list of, all right, step one, this is what you do and everything works out in the end. I mean, life just doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. If it did, you know, everyone would just be like, all right, Tara, tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me how to get rich. <laughs> Step <Exactly>. one. <laughs> when exactly will I find my soulmate? <laughs> what exactly is my life purpose? <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if that happened, but it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. Do you do most of your readings online? Yeah, I do. I just started in February of 2020. So, Okay, so a little over a year. Yeah, and right before, you know, everything happened. Yeah. So um, I switched to online really quickly. But online, it works just as well. People are like, how does it work? Do you get my energy through the screen? And I'm like, I, I don't know. It just does. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I've talked to several tarot and oracle readers and interviewed them even for the podcast and all of them say that in fact they prefer mm. doing online readings because I guess they feel more protected from the energy and they can focus. But, you know, there's still people who say, I just don't think that it would work online. But energy is energy and a computer screen is not going to stop you from getting that energy in tapping into you know the divine yeah i mean and the cool thing about doing them online is that you i've done readings for people in singapore and mm. ireland and you know i'm in washington dc so it's like before i would never be able to do that right yeah there's a, a lot of heartache that has come from everything going on in the world but one of the things that i see that is amazing is just the connection with people around the world mm. Yeah. If someone wanted to learn more about you, maybe book a reading, where do they find you? You can find me on Instagram. I am sky with an E dot Miranda dot tarot. Miranda spelled kind of funny. It's not Miranda like it seems like it would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And that's my website too is skymarinda.com. I'll put those in the show notes so anyone who wants to, they can click that and learn a little bit more about you. And you do classes as well? 
Yeah, I do workshops and sometimes they're about the lovers for Valentine's Day mm. or, you know, they're kind of like on theme for holidays and the month. So they're fun. So this is a question that I ask most of my guests. So I'm going to just throw it out here for you. What's been the most important thing that you've learned in your own spiritual practice? I think the most important thing I've learned in my spiritual practice is really the power of compassion and love. Mm. I think my most spiritual experiences have been when I've been able to have compassion for somebody that I was previously like judging. Mm. It's like such a freeing and connective feeling and it is spiritual to me to have those kinds of experiences and connections with other people in my life. Yeah, definitely. When did you start calling yourself a witch? I started about, I think, five or six years ago. It's coming up on the anniversary. Yeah, and that happened. I just was going through a bad time of like not taking care of myself, not eating or sleeping, just kind of like living off of coffee and alcohol. (laughs) And it was not good. Then I started looking into witchcraft. I only remember how it came up sometimes. Like I built an altar. I lit a candle every night for like 30 days and like sat with it like a little Mm. chime candle. And I sat with it until it like burned all the way down. And just reading what people had said about witchcraft and everybody being sacred, it kind of gave me Mm. permission to view myself as sacred and to like take care of myself. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's one of the things. And I teach a a pagan basics course. And one of the things that we talk about is the sacredness of every part of nature. And that's like a main tenet of no matter what type of paganism or witchcraft that you that you are part of. And that is just so freeing to be able to be connected. It's the, the sacredness and the interconnection are the two things that I just think are so freeing about this path. Yeah, and there's a reason why like self-love comes up so much, like self-love spells, because that's also Mm. part of the viewing yourself as sacred. I just always come back to self-love as being such a huge theme in my life. Oh yeah, it's so important. And we've just been taught by culture and everything else and, and media to not take care of ourselves and to put everyone else in front of us. And I always tell people that you gotta keep your own inner cup full or you have nothing to give to anybody else. Mm, Yeah. Any final words for us? Yeah, and if you wanted to start having more of a compassionate tarot practice with your deck, you know, I would just ask it, what is something loving that you want to say about me? And pull Mm. a card and see what it says. Beautiful. I like that. So Sky, I really appreciate you joining us for this great conversation about tarot. And y'all check out Sky's website or social media. I'd also be interested to hear what our listeners think about this episode. So remember, if you go to our podcast website, you can comment on this episode with your thoughts and questions. You can even click that little microphone and send me a voice message, and I might just use it on a future episode. I also want to remind you to mark your calendars for November 13th, 2021, because our very first virtual witchy day-long conference is going to be taking place, and you are invited. You can find information about the Green Wild Festival for Witches and Mystics on the link I've provided. I hope you'll join me there. Take care, and y'all be blessed.
Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.